The Beautiful Strange Podcast presents 10-Minute Tidbits Unusual Stories from Past and Present Narrated by Allison DeWitt An excerpt of a poem by Nathaniel Woods And now the kith and kin at once start preparing the funerals The cries and laments of the sympathizers are over, and they are calm now. The enemies are jubilant. The kinsmen are busy dividing the estate, and as for the dead man, he lies entrapped by his own deeds. Such is the reality of mortal life. The cause of death is severe indeed, and by and large we fail to realize its gravity. Involved as we are in our daily pursuits, we seldom hint at death, and even when we do, we just bring it in as a piece of conversation. This will not avail us. Instead, we ought to clear our hearts from the thought of all other pursuits and think of death as if it were facing us. This realization can be brought by recalling how you prepared the funerals of your friends and relatives, and bore them on a cot to grave, then interred them in the grave. Imagine their faces their high stations in life, and then reflect how earth would have disfigured the beauty of their faces. Their bodies would have disintegrated into pieces. How they departed leaving behind their children orphans, their wives widows, and their relatives mourning. Their goods, their properties, their apparels all left behind. And then let the realization dawn on you that one day you are inevitably going to meet this doom. How those who lie dead and still today used to raise laughter in the company of their friends. How deeply were they engrossed in the pleasures of the world, they lay in the dust today. How remote the thought of death was from their minds. They have become its prey now. They were intoxicated by the bubbling passions of their youth. Today their teeth lay scattered, the foot lays broken, the worms are eating into their tongue, their bodies are infested with mite. How frank was their laugh, today their teeth must have fallen. What plans had they conceived? How they entertained thought of making provisions for years ahead, and yet death was hovering over their heads. The final day of their lives had come, but they knew not that tonight they would be no more. Such is mine own case. I am busy planning my life today. Little do I know what will happen to me tomorrow. No living being knows the time of its end. Man makes provisions for a hundred years, yet knows not that he might die the next minute. Nathaniel Woods was executed by the state of Alabama on March 5th, 2020. The Juniper Tree, a brother's grim fairy tale. A long time ago now, perhaps 2,000 years, there was a rich man who had a fair and godly wife, and they loved each other very much. But they had no children and they greatly wished for some. The wife prayed for a child day and night, but they did not get one. In front of their house, there was a yard where a juniper tree grew. And one day in winter, the wife was standing beneath it, peeling an apple. And as she was peeling the apple, she cut her finger and the blood fell onto the snow. Oh, said the wife, sighing deeply, as she saw the blood before her on the snow. And she grew so downcast. If only I had a child as red as blood and as white as snow. And as she said this, her heart was filled with happiness, for she felt as if it was meant to be. Then she went indoors, 
A month had passed, the snow melted. In two months, the earth grew green. In three months, the flowers sprang from the earth. In four months, all the trees put out their shoots and the green branches grew into one another. Then the birds sang so that the whole wood resounded and the blossoms fell from the trees. Then the fifth month had passed and she stood beneath the juniper tree which smelled so sweet that her heart leapt for joy and she fell upon her knees and could not restrain herself. And when the sixth month passed, the fruits were plump and firm and she grew very still and in the seventh month she reached for the juniper berries and ate them so greedily that she grew sad and sick. Then the eighth month passed and she called her husband and wept and said, If I die, bury me beneath the juniper tree. Then she was quite comforted and glad until the next month passed, when she had a child as white as snow and as red as blood, and when she saw that, she was so full of joy that she died. Then her husband buried her beneath the juniper tree and began to weep greatly. After a while, his weeping grew a bit quieter, and after he had wept a bit more, he arose, and after a while longer, he took another wife. With the second wife, he had a daughter, but the child of his first wife was a little son, who was as red as blood and as white as snow. When the wife looked on her daughter, she loved her greatly, but then she would look at the little boy and it pierced her heart, for she imagined he stood in her way wherever she turned, and she was always thinking how she might divert all the wealth towards her daughter. And the evil one put it in her mind to turn very cruel towards the little boy. One day, the wife went up to the storeroom, and her little daughter came up too, and said, Mother, give me an apple. Yes, my child, said the woman, and gave her a beautiful apple from the chest. But the chest had a great heavy lid with a great sharp iron lock. Mother, said the little daughter, shan't my brother have one too? This annoyed the woman, but she said, Yes, when he comes home from school. And when she saw from the window that he was coming, it was just as if the evil one came upon her, and she snatched the apple and took it away from her daughter and said, You shan't have one before your brother. Then she flung the apple back into the chest and closed it. When the little boy came in at the door, the evil one put it into her head to say it to him all friendly. My son, would you like an apple? But she looked at him harshly. Mother, said the little boy, how cruel you are looking at me. Yes, give me an apple. Then it was as if she was compelled to speak to him. Come with me, she said, and lifted the lid. Fetch your own apple. And as the little boy stood inside, the evil one told her what to do. Crash, she slammed the lid shut so that his head flew off and fell in among the red apples. Then she was overcome by fear and thought, if only I can shift the blame from myself. So she went upstairs to her room, and from the topmost drawer of her closet, she took a white cloth and fastened his head back onto his neck. And she bound the handkerchief round so nothing could be seen, and sat him on a chair outside the door and put the apple into his hand. Then Marlene came into the kitchen to her mother, who was standing by the fire, holding a pan of hot water in front of her, all the time stirring it. Mother, said Marlene, my brother is sitting outside the door, looking all white with an apple in his hand. I asked him to give me the apple, but he didn't answer me. I was very frightened. Go back to him, said her mother, and if he doesn't want to answer you, give him one over the ear. So Marlene went and said, brother, give me the apple, but he remained silent. So she gave him one over the ear. His head fell off then, which made her so frightened that she began to cry and howl, and she ran to her mother and said, Oh, mother, I've knocked my brother's head off. And she cried and she cried and was not to be consoled. Marlene said her mother, What have you done? But just keep quiet so that no one notices, for there's nothing to be done about it. We'll make him into a stew. 
So the mother took the little boy and hacked him into pieces, put him in the pan, and made him into a stew. But Marlene stood nearby and cried and cried, and her tears all fell into the pan, and they had no need of any salt at all. Then the father came home and sat down at the table and said, Where's my son then? At that the mother served up a big, big dish of stew, and Marlene cried and couldn't stop. Then the father said again, Where's my son? Oh, said the mother. He's gone to the country, to his mother's great uncle. He'll stay there a while. What's he doing there? And he didn't say goodbye? And he asked me if he could stay for six weeks. He'll be well looked after. Oh, said the man. I'm very sad. It's not right. He really should have said goodbye. With that, he began to eat and said, Marlene, why are you crying? Your brother will come back for sure. What is it makes my meal taste so good? Give me some more. And the more he ate and the more he wanted, and he said, Give me some more, you shall have none of it, as it all belonged to me. And he ate and ate and threw all the bones under the table until he had eaten it all up. But Marlene went to her trunk, and from the bottommost drawer she took her best silk kerchief and gathered up all the little bones from the table and tied them into the silk handkerchief and carried them outside the door and wept her tears of blood. There she lay down in the green grass beneath the juniper tree, and after she had lain there, all at once she felt light of heart, and she wept no longer. Then the juniper tree began to stir, and the branches parted and then closed again, just as if someone were clapping their hands for joy. At the same time, there rose a kind of mist from the tree, and deep in the mist there burned a fire, and out of the fire there flew such a beautiful bird, which sang so splendidly and flew high up into the air. And after it had gone, the juniper tree was as it had been before, and the kerchief with the bones was gone, but Marlene was as light of heart and glad as if her brother were still alive. Then she went back into the house and ate her dinner. Be sure to tune in next Sunday for another episode of the Beautiful Strange Podcast with Anna Adams and Allison DeWitt. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and rate us on iTunes. If you'd like to keep in touch, reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thank you for listening.